Shut up and sit down. Oh, we're live. All right. What's going on, everybody? We are currently live. Episode 75 of a Guy Think Podcast live experience. I mean, we're just we're just cruising right along. It's uh it's nonstop, but I love it. You know, uh for those uh people that are new, uh just so you guys know that I am not a political podcast, uh, but I'm more like a variety show. I do a lot of different things on this show. So I just don't have politics, I just don't have sports. I have a wide variety of guests on my show, just people that I find interesting, people that my viewers find interesting. I always want to have uh, interesting conversation and learn a little bit more uh, that I don't currently know. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in uh, to this uh, episode. I'm always excited to do these podcasts as I always talk about. So welcome to the live experience. Um, guys, it's Monday. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little tired over the weekend, but uh, it's been a good weekend. And I wanted to thank our uh, guest from last week, Denise Casal from Dining Divas TV in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What a great story. What a great guest she was. Uh, she told uh, her story of success and how she's been able to help women um, you know, in her community and, and, and do a lot of coaching and, and mentoring. Uh, she's great. She's so cool. I'm actually going to see her. Uh, this Wednesday night at Celebrity Boxing, Tuscan Prime, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Cool spot. You got to check it out. Uh, we're going to be doing a Celebrity Boxing event, open casting call. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yours truly is a part of the Celebrity Boxing team. Stay tuned for more news. I'll uh, leak it out as quickly as I can. Um, also, do me a favor, guys. It helps me grow the show. Follow me all over social media at A Guy Thing Podcast for all the latest news of what's going on and what... Uh, guests that I have coming on the show. I do have some really cool, exciting news for 2020. I've only been doing this podcast for a year and a half, but uh, it's been a blessing for me because I've had so much fun meeting a lot of different people, a lot of interesting people, and uh, you know, most importantly, growing uh, with the podcast. Uh, and it's all thanks to the guys and girls that listen to my podcast. Thank you so much. I really, from the bottom of my heart, truly appreciate all of you guys. You're the best. Uh, you could also go on my website, guythinkpodcast.com, for all the analytics, uh, for the amount of views that I get, uh, the amount of listeners that I have on the podcast version, um, and also the previous guests that I've had on the show. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, subscribe. That really helps me uh, grow the show, reach a wider audience, and get more interesting guests on the show. Uh, please, guys, especially if it's first-time listeners, you could DM me. I will respond to you. Tell me what you're interested in hearing. It could be anything. I'll be happy to accommodate. I have a lot of requests, but I always answer my DMs. So thank you, guys. Quick shout-out to my sponsors, Deck Masters of South Florida. Real quickly, if you need a deck, if you need some fancy stuff, put it in your, in your yard, by your pool, or on your porch – and you're in South Florida, these are the people you want to see, deckmastersofsouthflorida.com. Check them out. And, of course, my boy, Frank Cristiano, Cross Country Mortgages, 561-504-1278. He's the best in the game. The best. I'm talking the best. The guy answers the phone during sex. That's how dedicated this man is to his craft. He closes loan in seven days. Seven days. So keep that in mind, guys. Hit him up. The phone number will be there the entire episode. Um, but today, uh, today's guest is Karen Turk, uh, out of South Florida. 
Uh, Karen is uh, a big conservative media personality. She's uh, Miss Florida from 2016. Uh, she's had a lot been going on in the news lately. Originally, I was going to do this episode where Karen was going to debate um, uh, with a person that's liberal, and we were going to kind of get two takes of things that's going on in politics. Uh, but uh, recent events, things have changed, so we're going to talk about what's been going on with her. Uh, so I do want to uh, welcome her onto the podcast. So we're going to get her up right now. Karen. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, I've been better, but uh, good to be back with you. Mm-hmm. Same here. The last episode we did was actually pretty much when I first started this podcast, way back when, episode 10. Mm -hmm. And that was in my buddy's warehouse, which was kind of funny. It was a funny story because I remember talking to you and I had a, a studio at Cross Country Mortgages, which we call Cross Country Studios. Yeah. And we're all set and ready to go. And at the last minute, they had an event going on. I couldn't do the podcast there. And it was so funny. I was like, hey, listen, uh, I don't <laughs> want to cancel. A dark warehouse in an alleyway. <laughs> I know. It's like, I really don't want to cancel on you. <laughs> and I feel bad. I mean, we could still do it. But it's in like my friend's warehouse that's in a real dark, gloomy place. I don't know <laughs> if you want to go there. And you're like, no, nah, that's good. I carry a gun. I'm fine. I was like, all right, pretty cool. Come on down. Let's go. So <laughs> it was all good. Welcome back to the podcast. Good to be here. I mean, it could have been under better circumstances. You know, I always do like debating liberals. That's really my favorite thing to do. But, you know, either way, as long as I can get on here and I can get my message out, it's a really important message that people need to hear. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so from what I've seen in the news, I guess, you know, we'll we'll get right to it. But what I've seen in the news is uh, there's been uh, charges that have been formally pressed against you mm -hmm. uh, and solidified in court for social mm -hmm. security fraud charges. So a lot of people have seen the news. They've read uh, stuff on the internet as well as I have. Um, so we got, you know, the, uh, the media side, but you know, more importantly, I wanted to get your side of it. Cause I always like to get two sides to the story so I could come up with my own opinion of it. Um, and I think the viewers uh, want to hear it as well. So uh, please tell me uh, your take on this, uh, this these recent charges. Well, you know, there's a reason that I named my show Behind the Headlines, and it didn't really have anything to do with me personally at the time, but it's mm -hmm. funny how things happen, and, you know, God always has a plan. And, you know, when you go on the Internet and you look things up, you see all these really eye-grabbing headlines. You know, Mrs. Florida is going to jail. And, um, you know, let's be honest, it's a, it's a sexy headline. It's a lot sexier than, you know, mom dies covered in bed sores at the hands of a nursing home who, you know, neglected my mother. And I understand why the media is slanting it that way. And I understand what they do to get eyeballs these days. And I also understand that we're in an environment that's extremely politically charged and divisive right now. And that comes into play here. And all of these haters and these trolls on the internet that want to act like this has nothing to do with anything, I can assure you that it 100% does. Because I am a conservative, I am being judged totally differently than anybody else would be. Absolutely, hundred percent. Why do you? What do you think the main reason of that is? I think the main reason right now is just our culture. I mean, I think we've really come into this, you know, this environment now where you have people that are so opposed to this president and so opposed to anybody that calls himself a conservative that they will stop at nothing to discredit us, to slant the media towards us, against us, um, to slant the media towards them to, you know, do anything to really judge us and demean us. And, you know, if you look at the comments today on your Facebook page and on your thread, 
you know, it's very obvious that there's a huge bias. And that's not just based on the headline. It's based on the headline that contains the word conservative. That's what this is about. All right. So um, the uh, the charges in court, um, from what they were saying was that, for, uh, you know, I'm just going by what the, you know, what the media yeah. was saying. But uh, they were saying that uh, you were spending money on this lavish lifestyle uh, and, all, and all this stuff. So basically what they were trying to say was that you didn't spend any of the Social Security checks on your mother's health. It was all spent on your, your personal gains. So what's uh, you know, what's your take on that? There's there's a couple of factors here. I think the first and foremost factor is the fact that I paid back every single cent that the government asked me to pay back. There was not a penny that I did not pay back. So as far as stealing the money, if the money's paid back, I understand if I made a mistake, it took total responsibility for that. Everybody needs to remember, I pled guilty. I pled guilty to a misdemeanor. I have never been in trouble in my entire life. I have no criminal history. I've never been accused of anything like this. And I did, I took a plea. I felt that it was the best avenue for me to take. I followed my attorney's advice. I you know, am remorseful for mistakes that were made. I took full and total responsibility. Plus the money was paid back to the government. But yet I was treated very unfairly. My attorneys are appealing that. And um, you know, I do have a pretty strong case for appeal from what they say. And oh. I definitely feel that I was judged completely differently based on my political affiliation and based on the fact that I am a public figure. And when the judge handed down the sentencing, he made it very clear that he was going to make an example of me because of my status as a public figure. And my attorneys really felt that that was something that was appealable. Mm -hmm. So um, what was your experience like in court? I mean, did you feel like there was a lot of bias towards you because you're conservative or what was that? Or was it pretty fair? What did you think? It's, it's pretty much a witch hunt on the part of the executive director of the nursing home. I have an unlawful death suit against the nursing home for the death of my mom. Um, a lot of people, I know a lot of people are probably going to comment on your thread and they're going to say, why didn't you just move your mom? And I assure you that it was not that simple. You yeah. Know, what was, I, what was uh, holding you back from moving her? Like, were they like, was, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like. Cause I, I, I never had a parent in a, in a nursing facility, but what is the experience like if you wanted to move them? It, there's a number of factors. It's really mm -hmm. a terrible system. You know, the first problem that I had is my mother at the time that I decided I really need to pull the plug and I really needed to move her was what they call Medicaid pending. And if anybody understands what it means when you have an elderly person that's Medicaid pending, it means that Medicaid is going to start to kick in to pay for some of the services to the nursing home. And I had gotten to the point where my mother would be Medicaid pending. And unfortunately, there are not a lot of nursing homes that want to take somebody. They want those private pay clients. They want the private pay clients. They don't want those Medicaid patients. So I was in a situation when I started to believe that I needed to move my mother, that I was having a really hard time getting a facility to take her. So mm -hmm. I felt that it was better to work with the facility and try to get the help of state agencies like the Florida Ombudsman who I called multiple times and thought would be on my side and thought they would intervene and help my mother. And, you know, unfortunately I found out that the system doesn't work for families. It actually works in my opinion for these nursing homes. Mm -hmm. And it was a really terrible situation and it got harder and harder and I couldn't move my mom. So I was forced to try to kind of work with them. And then they were billing me amounts that were just so much higher than whatever their regular rates are in any rate that they ever charged a private pay client. And that to me really was glaring that like, what's wrong here? This is all about the money. This isn't all about the Benjamins. And 
A lot of people have commented on your thread mentioning that I'm all about the Benjamins. Well, what about this nursing home that was more concerned about profits than they were about my mother? And then they hired a very litigious law firm and you can check out the headlines on them as well. You can do a little research. And uh, there's really been a broken guardianship system in Palm Beach County for a very long time. And these lawyers have been involved in it time and time again. And there was a jury award against them for $16 million for another family that they wronged. And I feel that this is very much a similar situation. So once things got really contentious with the nursing home and I was battling back and forth and trying to figure out how I could get them to help me. You know, I have adult kids too. We were regularly in this nursing home, despite mm -hmm. the reports in the media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just got meaner and meaner and tougher and tougher. And in came these lawyers. And once the lawyers got involved, the game changed. And then I saw a light because they came and said, let's appoint a professional guardian. And right. I didn't know anything about the guardianship system. I didn't know right. how broken this system was. Right. So as soon as they said guardian, I thought, hey, great. You know what? Here's somebody who's going to be an independent party, who's mm -hmm. going to come in and who's going to help me, help my family, help us fight the nursing home, help us get better care for my mom. And uh, I can tell you with 100% certainty that in no way happened. Mm -hmm. This person was basically an extension of that nursing home and an extension of that law firm. And it was not good. Mm -hmm. And at that point, my hands were tied because once you have a guardian mm -hmm. in place, my rights were taken away. So it didn't matter how much I kicked and screamed for my mom. They had put her in place and she was the person that was responsible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we found my mother face down, bruised all over her face. We tried to get help. We begged and pleaded and nobody would help us because the only person that can communicate on her behalf was the guardian. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a it was a really, really, really ugly situation. Mm -hmm. And it ultimately led to my mother's death. And my mom died in horrific conditions with bed sores all over her body. And I filed an unlawful death suit. And I truly believe that that's part of the reason that they've come after me so aggressively. Mm -hmm. And uh, the executive director of that nursing home came to court with a little posse, a whole bunch of people. I think some that have probably commented on your Facebook page. And uh, you know, it's a witch hunt at this point. That's what it's been and that's what it still is. One of the things I take pride in on my podcast is that I always I always remain neutral because I like to give people the opportunity to speak uh, and tell their side of the story with no judgment coming from me. Uh, my viewers is different. You know, my viewers are my viewers. So they have their own opinions. Uh, they're going to say what they're going to say. Of I don't course. half of these people, maybe more than half. I really don't know. Uh, personally, we're not friends on Facebook or whatever, but that's fine. Um, but. The, the cool thing about my podcast is that it's live and I'm able to have my viewers interact live uh, with my guests on the show. So I, I have questions that I want to ask, but there may be questions that I don't even think of, of asking. So that's why I always invite my viewers to uh, to be a part of the podcast and ask questions. So uh, the, first, the first question I have is from Jan. Hello, Jan. Thank you for joining the podcast. Jan wanted to ask you a question. She says, when was the money paid back and to whom? The money was paid back to the government, and that was part of my uh, arrangement with them. And the money was paid in full. I wrote a check for the full amount that they requested. Good. Okay. So uh, that answers that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and again, guys, I do invite uh, anybody to ask questions. Karen, look, Karen's great. No matter what you've seen uh, in the news, uh, I've met Karen before, and uh, she's been nothing but great to me. Uh, so 
you know, feel free to ask her questions. She is here for a reason to answer your questions. So, uh, you know, please do, guys. Please do. But uh, Karen, you had mentioned witch hunt. Uh, we've yeah. heard this term before from President we Trump. Uh, so now you have brought this uh, witch hunt up. So tell me, why why do you feel these charges were a part of the witch hunt because of your political views? What, what, what's really making you feel that way? Well, you know, I think we're in an environment that's entirely politically divisive. That's the first thing. The second thing, there are facts in this case, some of them that'll come out through, you know, time. And uh, certainly in the different cases that I have, the civil case, the unlawful death suit, you know, the case, you know, that we just we just got done with, you know, that's over with. I'm now sentenced. We're going to appeal that. Uh, but there certainly was bias. And, you know, the executive director of this nursing home actually took it upon himself to write letters to Democratic Congress people, um, other Democrats, Democrat lobbyists. And he took it upon himself to go ahead and do that. And he definitely did it in order to illustrate the fact that I was a Republican and that I was a conservative and to create bias against me. There's no question about that. The letters are clear. Okay, okay. And uh, what about your uh, personal experience with the nursing home? I know there's a lot of back and forth going on. A lot of, uh, from what I've read, I read that uh, the nursing home said that you never went to go see your mom. Obviously yeah, your statements right. have been totally different. So, um, you know, I read all the stuff in the, in the news, but uh, you know, what was your experience with the nursing home? How often did you visit your mom and all those things? I, I it, was, it was horrible. And I was, I was a regular visitor there. I was there caring for my mom. My daughters were in and out of the facility. They're grown women. Um, before that, I also had caregivers in and out of the facility because remember when I put my mom in this facility, um, I put my mom in and I had a private care duty aid with my mom, you know, sitting with her, singing to her. I hired a music therapist. You know, when I initially put her into this facility, my mom was coming from living independently. So, you know, I wanted to make her transition as comfortably as possible. So I was in a situation where I felt it was important for her to have a quality of care and to have additional help. And I didn't trust this nursing home, quite frankly. I just didn't trust them. And uh, for good reason, obviously. So there were caregivers in and out, whether it was me, my kids, private duty aides. There were people in that facility with my mother. And the fact that they want to now say that we didn't visit is just a complete fabrication. It's a convenient narrative for them to push their you know, lack of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to take responsibility for what they did for my mom. And it's just wrong and it's horrendous. And the conditions that you were in were absolutely unacceptable and the way she died was unacceptable and you know that's all going to come out in the unlawful death suit and i feel that we have a really strong case and so do my attorneys so i noticed a lot of people this may be a common question again i don't mm -hmm. know i don't have a parent that's in a nursing home yeah. um but i'm just gonna ask you because i noticed it was asked asked a lot so that's my brooklyn accent coming up um <laughs> but uh a lot of people saying well you know you had all this stuff going on there's a home why don't you just take your mom home and get a in-house aid or something like that. I, mean, I, so. couldn't, I couldn't, I am. Yeah, my mom had Alzheimer's. My mom was incontinent. Um, she was, you know, it would have been impossible. I would have, I would have loved to be able to do that. I, I think people need to also realize, you know, one of the things that's been said in the press is that I had a nanny. <laughs> of mm -hmm. course I had a nanny. I have six children. Of course I had a nanny. You know, how do you care for an elderly parent 
juggle your job, juggle your kids. Of course, I needed help with childcare. I needed help with childcare because I had to go and take care of my mom and take care of my kids. And, you know, it wasn't that simple. I I wish it would have been. I I wish that there was a way that I could have cared for her in my home. But, you know, again, you know, hindsight's 20-20. And when my mom was in the independent living facility and I had AIDS with her, you know, for a long time, she was okay. She was okay. You know, once things went bad and she ended up in the hospital and she was released into this particular facility, that's when things really went wrong. And, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just still amazed that I made the choices that I did, because if I could go back, I would have fought the guardianship with everything I had. Mm-hmm. I was optimistic. I saw the good in it. I thought it was an independent person. You know, I would have never put my mother in this facility, obviously. Um, but, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I was naive and thinking I could continue to call the ombudsman and I could continue to ask people to help me. And I didn't realize that it seems that they're all kind of tied together and they're not working on the behalf of the families. They're working on behalf of protecting these nursing homes that are not providing quality of care. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we got another question from Chrissy. Uh, let's see. Chrissy says, is it true you brought a $46,000 check to the courthouse, which you did state you did? Uh, that should be enough to cover everything was the amount over 130k that they stated you needed to pay back. Yeah, no, it was not, and I don't know where that came out. I don't know where that 130,000 number came from. I saw that as well somewhere in the paper. I also mm-hmm. some, saw some ridiculous number about like 310,000 dollars. I saw that. What's crazy is you know once these things get out, it's like you know when you're a kid and you play the telephone game. Do you ever play that game, Joe? Uh, I, I play the podcast game, which, I, but yes, I know the stories get broken down and then it right, changes they get over time. Down and and yeah. it ended up being, you know, I've seen so many widely, you know, reported amounts. I mean, and they just keep getting more and more inflated. You know, the nursing home states that I owe them somewhere around, I think the number is $220,000, but that itself is a completely inflammatory number. We're not mm-hmm. even sure how they came up with that why I'm being charged more than they would regularly charge. Then you got to talk about the lawyers and they want their hands and that too. And then there's money for the guardian. So, you know, there's this hugely inflated amount as far as they're concerned, which, you know, is something that I can't even really address right now because I don't know how my lawyers are going to handle it and how that case is going to turn out. But certainly I don't believe that I owe that amount and I don't intend on paying it to them because it's an amount that's just not realistic and it's not reflective of what they would charge other people for my mother's care. Uh, but yeah, no, the government asked me to pay back $46,000 and that's exactly what I paid back. That was exactly what I reimbursed them for. And it was a lot larger than the amount that I was charged with. The amount that I took on the misdemeanor was 17,000. And that came from a number that I filled out in a form that um, you know they stated that I filled out improperly and that you know the funds were misappropriated. And I, I took full responsibility for it. I said, you know what? I take responsibility for it. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I will do whatever I can to make it right. I will take the misdemeanor charge. And I did. And that doesn't seem to be enough. I don't know that it'll ever be enough um, because I think no matter what, at this point, people are going to make their judgments based on news headlines, not based on facts. Okay. Now, uh, you know, I pretty much said everything I think you needed to say. Uh, I don't know how much. I I don't know how much more we could drive this thing home. uh, But, you know, this is your side of the story. We have it to try the story and the viewers can make the decision how they feel. Um, they and they can, you know, they can make mm-hmm. their choices and they can have their opinions. And, you right. know, if they want to hate on Donald Trump because I'm a Trump supporter. They can do that too. And I've seen a lot of that on your page and that's not unusual. I deal with that every day. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I try not to get too heavy into politics only because there's such a strong divide right now. And I don't like to waste my energy on arguing with people. Nobody's uh-huh. going to change my mind the way I feel. I don't think I'm going to change everybody else's mind. But I try to be respectful to how people feel because I've never walked in somebody's shoes. So I don't understand like exactly what they've gone through in their life for them to feel or think the way they do. So I, I just try to be respectful to people in the hopes that people respect me as well. Unfortunately, that's not the case all the time. But it is what it is. Nothing we could do about that. Um, but looking back, Karen, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing that's been going on, uh, would you have done anything differently now looking back? Yeah, I definitely would have. There's a lot of things I would have done differently. And I have made a lot of mistakes and I have acknowledged that. And I do take responsibility for that. But I feel that, you know, that is just clouding the judgment and, you know, making it a situation where, you know, this nursing home feels that, you know, these criminal charges just negate their responsibility for what they did to my mom. And um, I don't think that that should be the public's view. Um, let's just talk about my criminal charges and let's just say I took a plea. I pled guilty. Okay. But, you know, how does that make it right? Everything else that they did and how does that make it right for them to witch hunt somebody and string them up? How does that make it right for them to kill an elderly woman with Alzheimer's and have her in horrific conditions where she dies of bed sores all over her body? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just, I find it very hard to grasp the fact that, you know, there are people out there that can't realize that this could be your mom, this could be your grandmother. And yeah, you know what? You could make a financial mistake and you could be in a situation like I'm in, you know, and maybe you're, you're, you wouldn't make a financial mistake. Maybe you wouldn't. But does that really take away from the fact that my mother died the way that she did and this nursing home doesn't want to take responsibility for it? You know, Dan Benson, the director of the nursing home, it's been widely reported. And I'll quote him because he was quoted in the uh, Palm Beach Post. And he celebrated outside the courthouse. That was what he did. And I feel that there's nothing to celebrate here. You know, my mom was the victim. Whether you want to say my mom was a victim of, you know, the nursing home neglect, if my mom was the victim of the guardianship system, you know, my mom at the end of the day was the victim. And I don't know what he's celebrating. And you know what? What really sucks is I feel that he's celebrating because he thinks that this is going to diminish the credibility of the unlawful death suit. And I can assure you that I am going to fight for my mom and that I'm not going to let that happen. And I know that my mom's looking down on me and my mom wants me to leave this charge. And if I can change things for one family, then my charges and everything that I'm taking on completely make it worth it to me. And I take responsibility. If I have to serve my time or I have to be on house arrest, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's that's what I did. I took the plea. You know, that's what my lawyers recommended I did. And I felt that it was the responsible thing to do. And I I took responsibility. I feel very badly about a lot of things that happen. And that's definitely a big part of what I feel bad about. But, you know, I have to stand up and fight now. And people need to realize that that's behind me. And now what's going to happen is going to be a whole new thing because I'm not going to let this go. I'm going to fight this with everything I have on, you know, and honor my mother. Okay. Well, look, I mean, look, uh, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes in our life. I mean, I am definitely not immune to mistakes. And I don't think any person on this planet is immune to mistakes. We all make them, right? Uh, Unfortunately for you, you're in the, you know, the uh, public eye. So it's a little different for you. You're going to deal with a lot of backlash uh, from people, whereas somebody, you know, somebody like myself, that's not in like a tremendous public eye. uh, It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, But you know, these things happen and, uh, you know, we have to take responsibility, which you, you, you definitely did. And not only that, I really am a big believer of taking any kind of negative situation that you're handed in your life and turning it into a positive. So, 
I, I really hope that the people watching this will realize that, you know, it is a very negative situation. It is a horrible headline. You know, what happened to me is, you know, uh, my story. I have to live with my story. I have to live in my truth. But at the same time, I also have to do what's right for everybody else. And we have a really broken system. And I'm sitting here and I'm a, I, I've been involved in that. My mom was a victim of that. And I want to fight for change. So, you know, everybody should realize that that's going to be my mission from this point on. And like it or not, political side of the aisle that you're on, that's something we should all be able to agree on. And I think we've gotten to a point in America where we're so divisive that we forget that there's more things that we can agree on than not. And we have to focus on those things. We have to focus on the things that unite us, not what divides us. And I think when it comes to caring for an aging parent, a grandparent, you know, you do the best you can and, and sometimes you fail. And that's what happened to me. And I think that that's very relatable. And I hope that some viewers that are on the other side of the aisle can realize, you know, as harsh as I might come across, as conservative as I might be, you know, this goes beyond that issue. And this is something that we all need to think about. Absolutely. You know, again, you know, I know I, I do see some stuff in the chat, you know, mistakes have consequences. Absolutely. I of think course. every I think every choice that we make in life has consequences, some good, some bad, but that's uh, not, that's I'm life. Not I'm not afraid of the consequences. I'm appealing yeah. because a sentence was unfair based on my history and based on my lawyer's feeling that it's appealable. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to not face my consequences in any way, shape or form. You know, right. it's a huge consequence for me to have a misdemeanor on my record, to plead a social security fraud, to be in court in a criminal proceeding in federal court. I mean, these are things that I would have never imagined would happen to me. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at my history of who I am, this is not at all anything right. even remotely that has ever been on my radar screen. And it's it's a really hard pill to swallow. But I'm taking it. I'm moving forward with it. I'll take responsibility. I'll do whatever the sentence requires me to do, um, you know, on appeal, which hopefully we will get the appeal. But, you know, it has to be a reasonable sentence. If you look at other cases out there, my sentence really seems very harsh. Mm -hmm. uh, what is this? <laughs> it's a long one. Peter, when we got grandma from the home, she was living in Arizona. She came to us as a meatball addicted to morphine i'm guessing that's like a vegetable it was a sin uh, yeah. that what they did to her while she was there within three months of living with us she was in as good of health as someone who was 80 years old could be they yep. treat them like shit yep oh wow okay yeah uh, there yep. he's he's definitely singing my on my song here because you know my mom you know before going into this facility she was you know vibrant and would talk to us and you know, would sing with us and hang out with us. And, mm -hmm. you know, my mom didn't really, wasn't able to be by herself. She wasn't able to make good decisions. She couldn't remember anything, but she was happy. My mm -hmm. mom was happy. And really pretty much from the day that she stepped foot in that facility, that all changed. And I do feel that a big part of the reason that that changed was the amount of antidepressants, mm -hmm. sedation medications and other things they had her on. And I fought that tooth and nail for as long as I could. And, and they would you know, do everything in their power to, you know, give her the medication. And that, you know, again, came into play when they appointed that guardian. My mother was heavily sedated. She was just never the same. Mm -hmm. Never the same. She wasn't the same person. It was like her soul was stolen. Uh, Dana said something. 
40. I didn't get the whole thing. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, this just popped up. But I understand uh, that if she could afford 46, yeah. I guess, thousand in the bank to pay off the debt, how does she not have the money for in home 24 7 care? You know what's sad is that $46,000 wouldn't even touch what you would need to keep your parent at home with 24 7 care. And unfortunately, my mom was incontinent. She needed to be dressed. She needed to be bathed. She couldn't walk. She had to be assisted. Um, you know, she had memory loss. There was a million reasons why she needed to be in a skilled care nursing facility. This facility probably wasn't the right one. And yeah, if I had had hundreds of thousands of dollars, I could have kept her in my home. But, you know, the $46,000 wouldn't mm -hmm. have even touched what you need for care. It's, it's unfortunate that we have, a, we have a really broken, you know, system in America that doesn't allow people to really properly care for their aging parents. And that's something that we all have to fight for change on. Mm -hmm. We're going to take some callers. Uh, you know, I always promised my guests that the, they could call in. So I have a okay. bunch of people in the pipeline right now. So we're going to uh, pull up a... <laughs> I'm going to pull up a couple of callers uh, before we uh, before we end this podcast. So uh, let me go down the line here and see what we got. Let's pull up a caller right now. This is Michael. Michael, hello. Good evening. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? Hi, Michael. I recognize you. You're on my Facebook page pretty often. And uh, I've been uh, listening to uh, Karen's shows. I've been watching her on the television and uh, pretty much know her pretty good. And I got to say that she is one very caring person, actually. If you really, really look at what she has done, how she's trying to present herself and the passion she has for the politics, you know, defending Roger Stone, who I believe also was railroaded by the U.S. Mm -hmm. government. And uh, she's putting herself out there. And I think when you put yourself out there, you're going to be a target. Uh, anybody would be a target. And I got to also bring up something about the news reports, all these negative news reports that I've been reading, especially the ones in Florida. One of them starts off like, lock, lock her up. And as you know, that's one of those mantras that some of the Trump supporters say regarding Hillary Clinton. Now, uh -huh. the thing is, is that if you really look at who are submitting these reports, you think that newspapers still have staff reporters on their on their premises anymore? Do you really think that they do? Usually it's citizens submitting reports to the newspapers now. It's that way. I'm from Rochester, New York. It's that way in Rochester. It's locally in Canandaigua. They locally have been going after this congressman named Brian Kolb. I don't think you may have heard of him, the drunk driver who actually told his uh, constituents not to drink and drive. I think everybody's heard that story. And he's now uh, lost his minority uh, position in Albany. This is not our moral bill anymore. These are just people submitting reports and making things according to their own political uh, leanings. Look at anybody who has submitted a report to anything, from the Miami Herald uh, to the Tampa Bay uh, Post, anybody. Hmm. They're usually not staff reporters. Usually they are just citizens that are sending things off because, you know, newspapers are no longer affording to have their own staff reporters. That, my newspaper, the Democrat and Chronicle right now, is about 75% USA Today. They throw in the USA Today and about one page of local stuff. And if you really look at it, it's just citizens sending in stuff to report on things. These are people that are not fact-checking. In fact, the Democrat and Chronicle has approximately 30 spelling errors per issue. 
Nobody's checking anything anymore. But when it goes out there, you know, it's in print. So it's got to be true. Of course. Well, and that's, that's, there's so many inaccuracies in my stories. And, you know, it just seems like, you know, once these stories get published, whether it's my case or, you know, a number of other cases I've worked on, you know, all of a sudden you see it in the news and, you know, by the third or fourth article, the narrative starts to shift, the facts change, the numbers change. And all of a sudden it's, you know, it's a story with alternative facts. And this happens to a lot of people, I, you know, and this is, a, again, a bipartisan issue. This isn't even about, you know, me being a Republican. Our newspapers have changed and newspapers are a dying medium. And I don't know that people really realize that. And you're totally right, Michael. You know, a lot of them are partnered with larger papers, whether it be USA Today or, you know, if you look at some of the, the spinoff articles online, like the Naples Daily News is right straight from the Palm Beach Post. So it's the same article repurposed for a local market. And uh, yeah, they don't really get their facts right. And a lot of these reporters are freelancers. And that's quite frankly, because they can't budget for it anymore because everything's moved to the internet. And the problem that we have on the internet is that we haven't figured out how to regulate that yet. And we haven't figured out how to moderate it yet. And we haven't figured out how to stop fake news from spreading. That's absolutely mm -hmm. correct. And um, like so, I uh, Michael, do you think uh, based on uh, Karen's uh, political views that she's gotten a kind of a, a stronger uh, sentencing than somebody else that maybe would have been on the uh, Democratic side? Well, look at the example of, uh, do you remember Milo Yanukovych, uh, that Greek conservative that was going to have a book deal? He was going to have his own show on uh, Fox or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they had to dig about a decade to find some damning statement that he had made uh, because he is homosexual and they tried to find anything where he had said something that might be considered unsavory and yeah. everything, all of a sudden within a night, his book deal got canceled. Everything got canceled. He's now in debt. This is more about destruction. This is about yeah. destroying people now. They want to destroy anybody who's conservative. Uh, somebody that I'm uh, also a big fan of Tommy Lahren. They tried to go after Tommy Lahren, tried to go into when she was at the University of Las Vegas, her sexual history, just to make yeah. her look bad, to make her look stupid. Anything uh -huh. she does, uh, they'll, they'll try to harass her in restaurants, uh, embarrass her, and even they don't even care if their parents are with her. They'll do something. It's an evil culture, very evil people really now. Hmm. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, I think like, you know, in this era of the world that we live in now, especially with social media, it's both sides. You know, every, everybody's trying to tear each other apart. Uh, and I don't know. It's kind of sad to me. You know, it's sad, well, to, it's sad I, to see it. I, I was going to say something like on Bill Maher. They will always put a conservative on for their point of view, but they'll also match it against three liberals. And they'll have a big audience full of liberals that will boo every statement the conservative makes, of course, and share everything mm -hmm. You know, the liberal can say uh, the moon is, is green. It's made of green cheese. And everyone will wildly applause. It's, mm -hmm. The stacks, uh, uh, you would, you're probably right that the liberal side is probably sometimes attacked on an unfair basis. But I don't think for the level that conservatives are. I think if you really want to measure it, it's probably 75-25. I would agree. And I think it's because we're winning, Michael. And I think they can't stand it. And they can't stand the fact that the president's doing an amazing job and maybe they didn't vote for him or they don't support him. And it's literally killing them. It's driving them insane. And they have nothing to do 
but to fight back and be bullies and be nasty and be mean and make ugly comments at other people and scream at them and yell and beat them up because they can't handle their own anger over somebody being elected that they did not choose. The man is doing an amazing job. Right. He's making America great again. He did exactly what he said he's going to do. And you know, there's so, yep. yeah, there's so many of us that support him and, yep. and they can't stand it. They can't stand it. They're going to lose in 2020 and it's going to happen. Mark my yeah. words. Already Cory Booker has dropped out. And I have said before that the unemployment rate is so low now that even liberals are working. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, sure. hopefully everybody's working. Michael, thank you uh, very much for your time, my friend. I appreciate thank it. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one more caller uh, before we close this episode out, guys. Uh, again, uh, for the listeners, uh, please do me a favor, guys. Uh, if I'm missing something here, if I'm missing any questions to ask, please help me out. Ask questions. Karen is here mm -hmm. to answer questions, so uh, just be nice about it. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm gonna take another caller uh, real quick while people are kind of getting their questions together. Uh, let's see who we got here. Steven. Hello, Steven. Hey, Joe. How are you? Hey, Karen. Hello. Hey. How are you? I, I think there's a couple points that need to be made, even on a plea deal. It doesn't matter. You know, you could argue the facts of the case, and I think they're on Karen's side for certain. Uh, I'm sure she loves her mother, and okay. I'm sure that people have go through the same situation as she has stated. But the, the federal government has a 99% uh uh, success rate in federal court is because 98% of them, as Lord Conrad Black uh, has written, who just received a pardon by President Trump, um, about how the federal government has all the resources, all the time, and all the effort they can to destroy somebody like Karen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the, the, you know, the prosecutional system that we have now in the government, and you can see this in the impeachment, whether it's Democrat or Republican, everybody used to be a prosecutor. Everybody used to be a judge. And it has become such a litigious society and prosecutional society that it doesn't matter what party it is. And just I, I do believe in Karen's case, uh, she, you know, she was right in the bullseye and, uh, you know, they were going to come after her. There's no doubt in my military mind that in many cases, particularly in Florida, where I grew up in Jupiter, uh, now in Mobile, Alabama, but it, it happens here as well as everywhere on this in this country, is that it, the prosecutions and federal cases have become so politicized that it's worth. I know a billionaire in Boca Raton, who, a billionaire, he's worth $3.4 and he was popped for $170,000 and back taxes on employees he did not even know about and mm -hmm. had to go to federal prison. And just like in Karen's case, the federal government puts you in such a position as, what do you do? Mortgage your house? Spend the rest of whatever money you have to fight the federal government. And so when- And people, if you have it, what about the people that don't have it, Stephen? Don't have what it. about the people that don't have it? You know, and, and nobody's thinking about that. Nobody's thinking about them. And it's a, a really litigious now. You can't get a, you know, you're not going to get a, a court-appointed attorney to fight for you yeah. like you do when you pay somebody a quarter of a million dollars. And so, you know, we've got to get out of this political getting at people because they're vocal about their political parties. But I know this, I, and I've watched Karen, and I've followed Karen for quite some time, uh, and I hope the Republican Party does not 
deter her involvement because the one thing that I do see in the Republican Party, and I've been a Republican, served General Haig, served four presidents, and I've noticed that the Republican Party are the ones that are quickest to shun you or be done with you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much time, effort, and resources and heart you put in something, something goes wrong, they discard you. The Democratic Party holds people together. That's the one thing I do see, hopefully, as we go through this, because what Karen's going through is the same thing I went through, same thing President Trump's going through. If they can't get you for this, they'll find something. It's called the spaghetti effect. Throw it up against the wall, see what we can get, see how we can screw her over, see how we can destroy her life. And in this social media world, unfortunately, don't worry about the comments. Don't worry about every. There's going to be haters, and they'll always be. You'll never explain yourself away. Know that what you do is care for your mother and your family. Like you said, you have a big, beautiful family. I know that. That's what you need to concern yourself with. Everything else will come along with this. Thanks, Stephen. Steve, thank you uh, very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in and being a part of the live experience. Good to be with you, Joe. Thank you. And love you, Karen. Love you too, Stephen. So there you go. So uh, that was, that yeah, was great. Uh, he's he's a good person. He's got a big heart. Seems like a very nice guy. Uh, I'm glad yeah. we had some callers in, guys uh, and girls for listening and tuning in. Uh, it's kind of almost out of time, so that's who I could get on right now. I try, I, I try my best, guys. I do this on my own, so uh, please. Bear with me as I get the questions out and get your questions popped up on screen and get callers to call in. But uh, um, uh, somebody is requesting to have their question asked. I don't know what their question is, though. Um, but, Karen, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time uh, to be so on welcome. my I love your show, and I'll be back. I'll be back. If you'll have me back on, of course, we'll have to see what your audience says. Uh, well, you know, look. I, I love having people on and talking and whoever tunes in, tunes in. Uh, but uh, I would love to have you back on, Karen. Um, awesome. I look forward. You know, again, you know, we all make mistakes in life and we have to face our consequences sometimes. I've been there myself. I think I could speak for probably every person on this planet. We've all <laughs> made mistakes and we all have to suffer the consequences for these mistakes. So, uh, But I'm wishing you the best of luck, Karen. And, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you again for uh, talking your mind. You know, and telling us uh, your side of the story. Uh, That's one thing I always invite on my podcast is I want people to speak their mind and and say what's on their mind and talk about it, whether those agree or disagree. Uh, That's a great thing about the world. We all don't agree. So we all have a different way of thinking. So that's great. Um, But yes, uh, you also have uh, something on TV right now, right? I do. I have Inside Edition, which we filmed today. So I hope everybody will catch it. I think we might be missing a little bit of the beginning of it for our Florida people, but that's okay. I have it on record. I'll certainly post it to my Facebook when it airs and I'll share it with you so you can post it with your audience. Great. Thank you again, Karen. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, guys, that's uh, that's a wrap for this episode, episode 75. Guy Think Podcast live experience went live again. I hope I did the best I can for all the viewers out there. Uh, you know, whether positive or negative, uh, we try to keep it classy during the episode, though. Uh, but I'm glad that uh, people did participate, people chatted, people called in, people left their comments. It's really cool. 
Uh, and I got to credit Karen, uh, whatever you think about her. Uh, she did have the guts to come on the show live uh, and actually answer your question. So I thought that was really cool, right? Uh, you know, nobody does what I do, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but you're not going to watch the news. You may see a live show, but you're not able to interact from your, your couch, but you can do that on my podcast. That's why my podcast is number one in Florida, and I'm really happy and proud of that. And I hope to make this thing grow even more and gain more listeners and followers and and do uh, you know just have some really interesting guests that all of you like and want to hear about, want to interact with. That's the most important thing, interacting with. So thank you, guys. Also, the winner of the wrestling tickets for Blueprint Pro Wrestling January 31st, Friday night, is Peter Villano. Congratulations to Peter. He was the winner. He gets four tickets to this wrestling event in Deerfield Beach, Florida, at the DS Sportsplex. Sportsplex. I always say that wrong. I don't know why. Um, but he's going to get those tickets and a poster as well. Uh, so, guys, girls, uh, if you have families, if you have kids, it's a really fun time in Deerfield Beach, Florida, for this wrestling event. You get to watch this cool event. They have wrestlers that have been in the WWE, up-and-coming stars, and you can interact with these uh, guys and girls that wrestle in the ring. It is so much fun. Really intimate environment. Really cool. It's just a night out for the family. Uh, so check it out, Blueprint Pro Wrestling. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook and get tickets for the event. So, again, congratulations to Peter Villano. Thank you again to Karen Turk for joining the show. Uh, and do me a favor, guys, before you go, before you go, just do me a favor. If you have Apple, rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts. It, it really helps with the analytics, I guess. That's what they say. So the more five-star ratings I have, the better. I think I'm at like 56 right now. Do me, do a guy a favor. If you tuned in this long, I hope you like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a neutral kind of guy. I, I really want to hear everybody out. So please, uh, guys, help me out. I want to do more cool shows like this. And you can follow me on social media at A Guy Thing Podcast, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And, of course, the website, GuyThinkPodcast.com, and subscribe. Uh, that's the most important thing. So, again, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all your comments, whether positive or negative. I appreciate you guys interacting uh, and being a part of the live experience. Uh, special thank you to the mystery moderator for uh, taking complete control. Jan, thank you very much. Uh, she said, thanks. That was a great show. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate that. That was really nice of you. All right, guys. Uh, it's Monday night. Get back with your families. Thank you again for tuning in. Love you all. Thank you always. And God bless. We'll see you next episode. We have a psychic on the next episode. So if you want a live reading, now's the time for free. You're going to get a free psychic live reading. Hallie Elise rated Top 100 in the United States of America. She's been on the podcast before. It was amazing. We had so many people interact. And she told so many, uh, I don't know, do I say fortunes? I don't even know if that's the right word, but I'm going to say it. And people loved it. So now it's going to be a little different. It's going to be even more interactive. And uh, if you want to call in, you can do that too. So uh, that'll be next week. So stay tuned for the updates. Love you guys. Have a great night. Happy Monday. Enjoy the rest of the week.